Hey, yeah, you. Do you want to start a podcast but don't know where to start? Try Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast ever. So even if you have zero podcasting experience, Anchor makes the process simple so you can focus on your content. It is an audio host website that makes recording, editing, and storing your audio easy. Anchor will even help distribute your podcast to other sites such as Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and other major audio platforms. With a clean user interface and design, Anchor gives you the tools you need to get your voice heard around the world. Give Anchor a try. Tell them the K2B Podcast sent you. as we examine life as men, confronting tough issues, raw and unfiltered, keeping it real while keeping the balance. This is the KTB Podcast. All right, all right. So here we are. We are here with the Flawed Dads Podcast. Come on. What's going on, guys? Hey, thanks so much for having us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. We appreciate you guys being here. Yeah, that's right. We it it sounds like we we both all four of us had busy schedules, man. Oh yeah. And you guys were were able to take some time to go ahead and uh, meet with us and and get this together and get this recording done, man. And I really really appreciate you guys. I want to say thank you. Oh, yeah, it's a, absolutely it's a pleasure. I, I don't know if you life can... life gets in the way. Yeah, it's the. It's easy to fill the time when you have kids running around. Oh. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't think you could find a parent who isn't right. busy. Who you know, isn't like, pressed for time. If you're, if you're a parent and you're not busy, you're probably maybe a little neglectful. Like it's... <laughs> Where are my children, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, well, it's awfully quiet. Back right to now. this book. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Warren and Graham, how long have you guys known each other, man? It's been a while, uh, probably twenty years now. Yeah, oh, just, wow. about, just uh, about twenty years. Yeah, we, we met in university. So, uh, yeah, long long time ago. But uh, yeah, we. Well, have... I would like to say it's it's gone by quickly, but you know when you're. <laughs> When you're with him, it's uh, there was <laughs> it's a there were some years where we weren't together, and those by, those went by really fast. But then now we're together again. It's it's uh, yeah. Anyways, it, it is what it is. <laughs> we basically we basically lived either next door to each other or within like a kilometer for the last twenty years. I I moved away for uh, five or six years, but um, it's been yeah most of that time we've we've lived pretty close to each other i basically follow him around like a lost puppy uh, <laughs> and, and just look up to him so that's all awesome. but not so anymore warren's warren's moving to uh a place across he needs a ferry to get to um, oh, so man. that's uh i'm not i'm not following him so that's uh at least for the time being that's for sure <laughs> yeah wow we'll see we'll see <laughs> Man, so did this have to, did this move have to do? I I remember when I first listened to you guys, you guys were talking about um, the difference between living in the city and living in the suburbs, and I remember you guys talking about that, and I gave you some feedback too. I was like, man, that's pretty interesting because of the different. Uh, you guys went ahead and talked about the differences, the pros and the cons, so so to speak, and gave a really yeah. really good. You gave a good argument for both. 
you know? So mm-hmm. it, did this decision fast forward from that conversation? It was a continuation of the yeah. conversation. Yeah. Oh. It was really my attempt to try and sell him on not to move. <laughs> Um, and I did obviously a horrible job since uh, you gave him too much clothes. <laughs> but if you know anything about Warren, it does, doesn't matter what you say. He's, yeah. uh, he's doing whatever the hell he wants anyways. So. Yeah. I'm a little headstrong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, from that conversation, uh, my wife and I wound up making the decision to move out into the country. And so we bought a place that's on an acre of land and, uh, you know, at the end of this country road driveway, is the school is across the street and it's a small town. Like there, there's three towns in a little area and the total population of those three towns is 10,000 people. So it's, it's nice and rural and we're really looking forward to it. That's awesome. So I can, I can no longer stand on my side saying how one place is better than the other. Now I have to be a supportive friend regardless. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of sucks. So what kind of sucks? What state uh, are you guys? You're gonna in? still find a way to throw in the the, the shot. <laughs> what? Uh, so we are in a a suburb of Vancouver. Vancouver, okay. Because I was gonna yeah. ask because I um I me and Ernie are actually we have a similar story on how uh we kind of follow each other a little bit. Uh, we're both from the same projects in New York. Didn't know that until later on. We both joined the Navy, and we're both on the same ship. And then when he left the ship, I left the ship, and we went to the same duty station again. He followed me. I followed him. So <laughs> it was, it's like a, a real similar story. But um, after, after living in New York, I lived in South Carolina. And uh, the reason I was going to ask what, what, where you guys live, because in South Carolina, you can do whatever you want in the country. You can drive four-wheelers. You can shoot guns. You can hunt deer on your property. Like, there's so many perks to living out in the country versus living in the in the city or the or the suburbs or something like that. The only downside now would be like terrible internet. Like I'm someone that needs good internet. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I am just like I, I if I would have moved out into the country again, I'd have to have some super powerful satellite internet or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the e- Elon Musk gets Starlink. Got to get involved with his Starlink thing and then you can Starlink? do whatever the heck you want. Is yeah. that like a fast internet? Um from what we understand, yeah, yeah. he's starting his so, own so, internet satellite thing. Yeah, exactly. Elon Musk has started a satellite uh, wireless thing, and he's trying to cover off. He's trying to cover off the entire world, essentially. And uh, uh, it's only like twenty-five or thirty-five bucks a month, or something like that. It's crazy. Oh wow! It's a big pitch. It's, it's a big got, pitch yeah. for him. This is Elon really, is uh, making yeah. moves. Yeah, we're sponsored by we're, Elon. <laughs> no, him. We're sponsored, so we don't worry about it. <laughs> That's awesome. no, it's, it's interesting with the internet too. Like I, I have no idea how old uh, you folks are. We're, we're 38 each and uh, you know, internet was basically coming on when we were um, growing up. Right. And, mm-hmm. and that was a dial up internet and things like that. And it's, it's weird how things change to how impatient I am now when like, if internet is down or something like a, a page doesn't load in like, in, oh, in yeah. like half a second, you're like, what is going on there? I can't believe how much time I'm wasting with this. Whereas I remember doing dial up internet and it was like, you, you click to connect and I would go and like, yeah. go to the bathroom, eat lunch, like get something to eat or something like that. And then you come back and you're connected. And it was like, you know, you're just so relaxed. Your Dragon Ball Z picture um, finally downloaded. 
Yeah, I that. <laughs> yeah, sure. half an hour, totally worth it. <laughs> you, you were looking up Dragon Ball Z. I was looking up a totally different Dragon Ball. <laughs> I, I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, yeah. moving along. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm 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 37 and uh, Raymond is 36, 34. 34. Oh man, oh, jeez, ah. I'll be 35 next month. There you go, and I'll be thir- turning 38 uh, in December. So I remember those days, man, and it is crazy how how internet has has advanced. It's insane, and it's almost like uh, it's and that's why with our kids, that's one of the biggest things that scares me. Yeah, you know, is with them because yeah. if us as adults, where we came from a time where the internet was non-existent and now we have it at the tip of our fingers within a split second. Our kids never had that, no. that you know, that time where they had to be creative. Now it's in the palm. Yeah. The whole world is essentially in the palm yeah. of their hands. That's scary, man. It freaks me out. Cause I remember how the chat rooms yeah. were the uh, Yahoo chat room. ICQ. Uh, ICQ was the thing that we started with. Yeah. yeah. I see. I, I never heard of that one. We had AOL instant messenger. And Yahoo yeah, Messenger. Yeah, MSN Messenger. MSN. MSN. Where they mail you those free DVDs to get yeah. the free internet. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I remember it's a that. whole blast of the past. <laughs> oh, we're dating ourselves. Oh, yeah. You can have teenagers listening to can I, like Can I ask you guys a question? So you, you mentioned you're both in the Navy. Yeah. And uh, my wife served in the, in the Canadian Navy for 10 years. Nice. Awesome. Um, I'm wondering, since you guys are both out now, right? That's yes. right. Yeah. Would you... Would you recommend to your kids that they serve? Well, this is a question that my wife and I constantly ask each other. I actually, I actually would. My oldest son, he's 16 and he's uh, seriously considering joining the Navy and doing it because he loves computers. Okay. And I told him, I said, you know what? Um, You know, the Navy, given your, whatever job you pick, you're, you're not necessarily in a danger zone. You know what I mean? It's, pro- it's probably one of the safer routes, you know, versus going to the Marines or going to the Army or yeah. something like that. But um, I know from the leg up that the military gave me because I do uh, electronics and it really kind of set me on that path going forward. And I do that now. Um, I-, I think it's very beneficial. And, yeah, I have no problem with my son going into the Navy. So as far as me, I have two teenagers. My oldest is 17 and she's she's my firstborn, my my princess, the the only girl in the family. And I have uh, a um, 16-year-old boy. And so for her, I said, absolutely not, right? I don't want you to serve in any military branch simply because I uh, saw how the women, oh, yeah. um, the, the kind yeah, of, well, okay. and, and I'm not saying that all women are like this, not whatsoever, because I met some really, really good, good girls that were in the Navy, but they were far and few. Yeah. There's so much freedom when you're in the military and as a female, it's almost like they take that chance to cut loose. And it's almost like uh, some some Navy commands and some Navy ships are like giant frat parties. Yeah, you know, to be honest with you. And right. as far as the girls go, for the guys, my boy, I definitely told them, hey, you know what? This is something that I can speak on, where I can help you if you really want to do that route. If you really want to serve your country, the, the the same way and the same reason that I did for the reasons that I did. Um, and you really want to do that, then I can help you and I can help you so that one of the ways that I would, if I would go back in time and do it all over again would be, I definitely go to college and go in as an officer rather than an enlisted member, just because the quality 
of life that you have while in while serving is a lot better. Not only that, but the perks when you get out are a lot better also. It sets you up Absolutely. a lot better than it does an enlisted yeah. member. So I would give those. So would you would you push them to go do a military academy or something? Oh, like, absolutely. Like my, West Point or something like that? Yes, oh, yeah. yeah. So right now my 16-year-old is in JROTC, which is junior yeah. recruit training, right? And so and the branch that he chose was, was Navy because I was in the Navy. He had the option of Marine Corps or Navy, but he chose the Navy. I, I told him it's up to you. Whatever you want to do, don't do it just just because good old dad did it, right? Mm-hmm. Just make your own destiny, yeah. man, and create your own legacy. But he chose that one, and he did it with the intentions of setting himself up to go to college, to go to a Navy college or a military college of some sort before actually joining the military. But it's still up in the air because I asked him recently, "Hey, is this still what you want to do?" And he's like, "I don't, I don't know, Dad. I'm just maybe I want, I might want to go to college just to get the education." And just jump right into a field if I can. And if I can't find one, then maybe I'll go into the military, you know. So he's undecided. Sure. My daughter, okay. definitely, she's not about it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's that's a conversation that, that Rachel and I have all the time cause, uh, because of her service. And now she she actually works for a company that develops the navigational systems for U.S. naval ships, Canadian naval ships, like nice. that sort of thing. So her military nice. career has put her into an engineering position now outside of the military. Exactly. Yeah. So it's been a really big thing for her. And, and you know, I mean, the Canadian military isn't exactly involved in a whole lot of conflict. Right. So <laughs> Canadians are so nice. You we have, have these her... people down south of us who do most of the work for us. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's definitely different, right? And so, it, but that's awesome. You're absolutely right, you know, and that's a perfect example. I, I don't know what your stance is on whether your daughter, if you would want your, your daughter to one day serve in the Canadian military or whatnot, but I do see... Uh, at least the guys that I that I speak to, the majority of them that have a good head on their shoulders end up uh, the Navy, the military ends up setting them up for their future career and what they do as an adult and how they provide for their family. Like Raymond mentioned, mm-hmm. electronics set him up. The Navy set him up with electronics and the Navy did the same thing for me. And, and that's pretty much where right. how we're able to provide, yeah. you know, it's a huge leg up. Yeah. 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 It's uh, well, at least it's a little, little ways away for, yeah, your oldest girl. Yeah, uh, yeah so. minor, minor. Uh, this fall, they'll all be eleven, nine, and seven. So we're we're a few yeah. years behind you guys. Yeah. Now you guys were young dads, hey? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. So uh, Raymond had his boy before I had my girl. I think. Well, no, no. But I was younger because you younger. I'm because I'm with two years age difference. That's right. So I was still in high school when uh, me and my wife. Um, when uh, when she was pregnant with uh, my oldest son, so that was I was I, I was right at the beginning of going into the military, and uh, she found out she was pregnant, and so and it, it ended up delaying me going into the Navy by a year because my recruiter did, like he did some work with me and he was like you know I want you to be there for you know the birth of your your son and I was like awesome so it wasn't until my son was actually one years old to where I left and you know finally joined the military I was in delayed entry program for like an entire year. But um, yeah, being a young dad, it was definitely, it was definitely challenging, and um, you, you know, Jessica, were how old you were? I was sixteen, she was fifteen, so yeah, yeah, it, it was a, it was a challenge to say the least. But we that was back in two thousand and two thousand four, 
or 2000, no, yeah, 2004. So, and he was born in January 2005. So it was a, it was a, a an experience that definitely helped me mature and helped me grow. And it, it's one of those things that you have to be, you have to look at it from the right perspective. And I think I processed the situation and I said, you know what, no matter what happens, I'm not going to leave my son without a father because I've, I've experienced that before and I know how that feels. So we, we, we stuck it out and we've been together. We've had our struggles. We've had our, we've had our ups and our downs, but more ups than, than anything else. And we've been married for, man, oh gosh, six, 16 years. 16 years and we've been together since 2002 so bro i hope you got that right for the for your sake oh yeah no I got <laughs> does, does she listen to the podcast she does because ours don't like they yeah we they can say whatever they're over we it. Want, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter so she won't she won't listen to it unless i'm like hey babe listen to this uh, so my wife will listen to <laughs> only it. this one yeah. section though <laughs> only this one section don't listen to anything else yeah we've been caught before oh uh, yeah no well, my my the only reason why my wife listens to it most of the time is because she hears the kids talking about it my teenagers listen to us mm-hmm. they okay. listen to us and they laugh and <laughs> then they'll start telling my wife mom dad said this and she's like okay i gotta go and listen to it <laughs> oh lord <laughs> kids are what do your kids think of it Oh uh, man, my my kids love it. They they think it's pretty cool. They one day this is like inspiring to them. One day having their own podcast because they see how much of a blast we have with it. Oh yeah, you we're know? like we're like celebrities in our house. <laughs> Only in our house. <laughs> Only in the house. Only in the house. That's it. Yeah. My dad does a podcast. Uh, do you do you call him out on on your podcast? Sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well yeah, we've had them. <laughs> We you, did you hear the episode when we had them on the podcast? So we had our no. kids on the podcast <laughs> when we were talking about the different parenting styles, and there was a part two. And yeah. the- yes, I I, I remember. Okay, I remember the one where your wives were on it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I didn't hear the one with your kids. So we brought our kids in. I brought my daughter and my son, and Raymond brought his oldest son, mm-hmm. and we asked them. We did like a cross examination where I quizzed <laughs> or I asked little Raymond about his dad's parenting style and vice versa. Raymond asked my two kids and it was a blast, man. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, it was interesting. Oh yeah. You know, just organically as we're talking about being dads naturally. Yeah. They get called out. Absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I try not, not in an embarrassing way, but just like, you know, yeah. you know, what's my, what's my frustration of the day or what did, you know, what's my, uh, dad moment, uh, it, you know, things like that. But yeah, yeah. we definitely talk about That's it. That's how we get all the ideas for our episodes is basically what has pissed us off the most. This week. <laughs> What's going on? No, like, exactly. yeah. Yeah. like we yeah. just recorded one. Oh, let me think back for the next five minutes and yeah, easy to answer. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. recorded one the other day about, um, how to Big get out of the eaters? house without it ruining your day. Oh, okay, you know, okay. getting the kids out of the house. Oh my God. And, uh, the, the whole reason the topic came up is because, I had a couple episodes with trying to get the kids to the house where it was just <laughs> chaos. And by the time you're sitting in the car, you're white knuckling the, the, the steering <laughs> wheel. wheel. You're just fuming. Just like, why the did I do this? <laughs> and you know, I, I wanted, I wanted to learn. And, and a lot of our episodes are just me trying to figure out how can I do this better? Right. Because I'm clearly screwing this up yeah. along the way. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we had a, 
45 minute conversation about yeah. ways to make it easier to get out of the house. There were, yeah. there were two, there were two big tips for us that yeah. uh, like I really, uh, Warren found them uh, through his research and uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty eye opening for us. We thought yeah. like, Oh wow. It's, so that's the cool thing about doing these podcasts is mm-hmm. that we're, uh, we have these problems that we're trying to ultimately solve as every parent does mm-hmm. and just trying to get better and better and things and uh, go through trying to find some proper information out there, et cetera. And, and uh, you come up with some interesting stuff and you get to talk over with your friends. So yeah, uh, what's true. better than that? You know, and that, that was the next thing that I was going to ask you guys is how did the flawed dad's podcast become and, and what has become of it since it's, it's uh it's inception but it sounds like and it sounds like regular conversations where you're like it depends on my last struggle that i had and then just talking it over with my bestie you know trying to figure out how the heck can i do this better you know which is that's beautiful man that's awesome (laughs) it's it's like another it was really a way for me to try and teach and and fix all of his problems so that's (laughs) the reason why i started Oh, so he's the flawed dad. No. <laughs> he's, he's dead on with that, too. Um, no, no, that's not true. It, it came out of, uh, we were having problems, issues with one of our daughters, our middle one, who's eight right now, um, in the fall through all the COVID stuff, actually became suicidal. Uh-huh. And so it threw, it threw my household for a loop. And so Graham and I, you know, spent a lot of time chatting about it. You know, what's, what's going on? How, how can I fix this, this sort of thing. And Graham is a much more well-read individual on parenting topics. Like he spent a lot of time going through reading the books. I did not. I, I spent a decade traveling for my career. So I was, I was an absentee father for, you know, the first 10 years of my kids' lives. And um, so we were, we were having these conversations and even going through something as traumatic as, a, as your child not wanting to live, we still found a way to laugh our way through the conversation to, to find humor in it. Right. And we, I turned to Graham one time and I just said, why aren't we recording this? Like, why don't we record this and just share it? Like there were, when I first uh, shared publicly what we were going through with my daughter a whole bunch of people reached out and were like thank you so much for sharing your story you know we've been going through the same thing or or you know we've got all the same struggles that sort of stuff and we kind of realized that there isn't or there wasn't a huge community for dads to hear about uh problems for dads there's a huge mom community right for for supporting other moms that kind of thing but for dads there isn't there isn't a ton of support and and dads tend to try and put forward like just the best face. Mm-hmm. They're not, they don't show their weaknesses. Right. We're very we don't guarded. talk about our uh, emotions. We just kind of muscle through it. Right. Yeah. We won't Most admit that yeah. we need help. Yeah. Whereas I'm, I'm an open book about my flaws. Like I, I realize I'm a very imperfect individual. And so I thought if we could create a space where dads can listen, you know, they don't have to share their own, but at least they can listen to my, and realize that they're going through the same thing and, and they're not alone and maybe pick up a few tips along the way, because this is just, it's a learning experience for us. Yeah. Like I have become such a better parent 
just by doing the 45 episodes now that we've done. It's, it's incredible. The change it's had in my household, in my relationship with my wife, the relationship I've got with my kids, it's been incredible. Yeah. And I, on the opposite end, don't have any flaws. So it's, <laughs> sometimes it's a struggle. Yeah, you got to come up with something. <laughs> no, far from it at all. Like it's, it's great. I mean, that's the thing about, I think the greatest thing about parenting, as long as you accept it and that, and the fact that it's a very humbling experience, like, like swearing even, right? Like there's so many things that you take, you're like, Oh geez, I got to, got to curb this swearing thing. Like, like I'm, I'm modeling this to someone else. Like I gotta, I gotta call this down or like, I am way, way more polite uh, than I ever was before. Like I am on pleases and thank yous uh, with my kids because that's a very important thing for here. And so of course, like, well, if I have to tell them, then I need to model it as well. And so like, uh, I feel like my, my level of becoming a better human has, has increased significantly because of trying to, not not do as I say, uh, not as I do type that, but essentially do as I do. That's right. Um, so uh, it, it's parenting in general is good, but like, yeah, the stuff that we talk over, I'm sure you guys can empathize that it's, you just talk things over, you learn yep. some new things. And uh, the episode you talk with your wives as well, right? Like, you're oh, like yeah. oh, wow, it's, you learn a whole bunch more. And it it's a conversation that like, parenting as a topic is is not really discussed right like when you're when you're amongst friends or buddies or whatever it is like you might talk about the crazy things that your you kids are doing but you but don't necessarily communicate yeah, yeah you're not actually like well right. have you thought about this or so it opens up that avenue too yeah it opens so up the avenue been, for solutions no absolutely yeah. and you exactly know what? You, you you touched on something that is really interesting where I've had this um, this common theme that will come up in different conversations that I'll have with different dads, and that's we're not taught this in school, man. Nope. We're not taught, yeah. hey, this is what you're going to be challenged with when you get married and have kids, right? Mm-hmm. And we're not – we don't learn this in school. This is you, – you live, and as you live, you learn, and either you – are a person that's completely disconnected that doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Or if you want to, if you want to create a difference, create a legacy, so to speak, or if you care at all for another human that you brought into this world, then you're going to give it some sort of effort. And you're right. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of outlets out there for a lot of resources out there for dads to kind of be able to tap into. I remember the first time that I ever heard anything even remotely similar to, a, a couple of imperfect dads talking about how can we be better was uh, the Good Dad Project, right, with uh, Larry. Yeah. And yeah, Larry. That's the first time that I ever heard about anything, and it blew my mind because I'm like, this is exactly what the questions that I've been kind of battling with, you know. And then, uh, and then throughout time, just me and Raymond and a, mm-hmm. and a couple of other friends began to just sit down and have some really, really good conversations where it's like, a lot of we realize, especially me, I'm completely unbalanced. I'm like, you know, I'm not. I'm usually either I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm really nice and I'm really cool. And he's then, like a sour patch kid. First he's sour, then he's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the wife, the wife, and the kids just started name. Just they, they gave me this name. They came. They, they said they're like, Dad is 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 like Boss Baby, Little Hulk. 
And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, because I was taking a nap on the couch and they were looking at me. And then she's like, he looks like a little baby. He's so cute. And then the kids were about to wake me up. And she goes, no, 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 no. Don't you dare wake him up. Because he's going to get up. And he's going to get up. <laughs> Within a split second. And I'm like, that's that's funny. So that's what they shoot. Ernie smash. Yeah. That's what <laughs> Zero to a hundred, and that's that's how I normally that's how I normally most of my teenage and adult young adult life was. It was either you, I was zero to a hundred, and that's how I lived. And it wasn't up until yeah. COVID hit that I was faced with some challenging things, man. Just like everybody else, right? And not not only mm-hmm. challenging things yeah. within my own home but in relationships with other friendships began to get stretched and i'm like i need to find a balance because i'm not going to give into this this depression i'm not going to give into this weakness of feeling like i'm not valued uh as as if i'm not somebody you know and uh and and so be began to talk with raymond and and i'm like you know what someone said you guys should record this, man, because yeah. this is something that could probably help somebody else out out there that's battling yeah. this unbalance yeah. in their life, mm-hmm. and that's where ours came from. Yeah, it yeah. was just it was just us sitting yeah. down, having good conversations, and then we we're just like, hey, we should record this, and so yeah. we whipped out the. I think the first recording was on a cell phone, just a cell phone laying on the table, and then we nice. upgraded to a, a blue snowball. And then from the blue mm-hmm. snowball, I think we had a, a Yeti. I saw you guys are using the Yeti right now, right? We ha- I still have a, yeah. still a, oh, it's right there on the shelf. Uh, a, we use the Yeti. And now, you know, after we, we said, you know what? We're having a lot of fun doing this. Uh, we, I went ahead and made an investment into it and bought this Roadcaster Pro. And it makes things a lot easier. But, but it, like, like Ernie said, it, it started just from good conversations. Yeah, and it, and it well, and, and back back in the beginning, you just one of the comments about how uh, parenting is not really taught in school. It's like right. We we've talked about this before too. To me, or to us, probably like the two most important life skills: uh, parenting and money management. Yeah, b- both not taught in schools. Nope, <laughs> um, not at all. Which you know, like is both essential. Unbelievable to me, right? Yeah. Like how how those are both, I mean, money management for us, we're, we're capitalists at heart, et cetera. So, uh, you know, we, we won't go on a big tangent on, on the whole advantages of that. But, um, we, we just did a, another episode talking about side hustles, uh, potentially for kids uh, as well, like because it's summertime, kids are out in school and what can we that. do, et cetera, to, uh, for kids to do that, et cetera. And, uh, we, we tried to, rein in our capitalist behavior a little bit. <laughs> Try not to be like, hey, hey, let's get this going. But uh that was a that was a fun episode yeah. to, to it's unbelievable about. why it's not taught in schools. I still I don't mm. in, in this day and age, uh it, it so it confuses me. No, I still I shake my head at it. And I'm I've I've made many, many mistakes in my finances mm-hmm. as a young twenty year old you know, especially with uh, working in the Navy and stuff, and you get a, you get paid pretty pretty good. You know, you don't make 
you, you don't make enough to be a millionaire, but you could live really, really nice at a really young age and then just splurging a lot of that money, right? And it wasn't up until I, I, I came under another man as, as a role model that I came to him and I'm like, I need help, man. Like, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm tired of being stuck in the same rut. And he was able to help me manage my finances and in a way that I was able to now fast forward years, more, more than 10 years, and I'm able to sit down with, with my daughter and my, my 17-year-old and my 16-year-old who began to work uh, this, this last summer. This summer, they began to work, and I'm like, well, let's sit down and do a budget because otherwise you're going to blow right through it. And I intentionally yeah. let them just trust me. <laughs> I I intentionally let them not not do a bud, not bring up a budget or anything for the first two paychecks, and then I said, "All right, now let me look at your account. All right, let's look at what you've spent your money on by you doing whatever you want." And they were able to see, like, "Oh man, I spent one hundred and thirty dollars." Starbucks, Starbucks, yeah, and- <laughs> Starbucks, Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like they then now I'm like now we're gonna go ahead and create a boundary that will give you more freedom. And uh, so that was pretty cool to be able to reciprocate that, you know, to uh, my kids. And hopefully now they'll be able to follow that and it'll help them up. Because at 16 and 17, I wish I knew those skills. Oh, yeah. Kidding me. I'd be way way better off today. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the world in general. Like, I mean, yeah, we leave it to parents to teach parenting and money management, but yet they're no better off in terms right. of their education on the topic. It's I was thinking the that. blind leading the blind. Yeah. That's why it's not taught in schools. The teachers don't know how to teach. They're like, what is this? Uh, parenting. <laughs> I'm always at school. I don't There's a reason they have a yeah, defined like, benefit pension plan. Oh, is this so how you don't, don't be broke? God, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm learning something here. I have a 500 credit score. What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I teaching this? So, so can, can you guys tell us what, yeah. what, 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 what way uh, would you, because you guys have young kids, correct? Yeah. What's, what's your guys' yeah, the age between two and a half and 10. There you go. So, so two and a half and 10 and for you, Graham. Oh, that, sorry, that's, that's our range. So I have a two and a half and six and a half year old. And then he, he's on the upper end. So he has a lot more knowledge in terms of uh, years ahead. Uh, from parenting, than not not knowledge, experience. <laughs> I, I, had, I have a distinct lack of knowledge. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> so, at, at what age would you guys consider begin to to tell to teach your kids about money? Because I know every the different parents have different times and different ways. Are you guys already like doing four? it? Jeez, golly! Yeah. Well, my my daughter is making six hundred dollars a month. On average. Whoa, wait, wait, um, wait. How old is doing, she? Doing some different things. Six and a half? She's six and a half. Woo. No way. I, I need to hear a little bit more yeah. about this. Yeah, because, would uh, you guys mind elaborating, bro? Because <laughs> my, uh, my 16-year-old, he's making about uh, 15 cent a month. <laughs> 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 well, hey, that's why we did that episode, the podcast about uh, side hustles and things. That's okay, what we, you guys mentioned part of the things, right? side like, hustles? Okay. Which, we, which episode was that? 40... It had to be a recent one. Yeah, it was recent one, 44, 43, something in that. Anyways, I mean, so uh, one one thing, I mean, we're, we're a group of hustlers, I guess, uh, to a degree, uh, 43. Oh, yeah, I see it. Um, we, 
my, my oldest uh, started, it was on her, right? So she wanted to do it. She wanted to start collecting cans. And uh, that's, <laughs> I don't want to, if anyone cats? listens to it, they'll hear the exact same story uh, on the podcast. But um, it was, it's the first point and I be- beleaguered it. No, <laughs> we we got to clarify. You said, uh, heavily. you said cans, not cats, right? She's not collecting cats. Cans. Okay. Well, hey, that could be a good profit too. That, too. <laughs> I heard cats. I'm like, <laughs> that ransom game is probably strong, right? <laughs> People are crazy about their cats, man. They'll pay anything. They are, like, man. No one, no one would not believe a six-year-old. I found your cat. Yeah. It was happy yes. to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Required reward is five hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, I like yeah. it. Okay, that's that's the next gig. No, um, so she started Cans, C-A-N-S, yes, um, and she she went around and, uh, with our help, uh, started collecting it, and the, the program that we have, at least here, is that we can bag the cans and just drop the bags off, and they count them, and oh, then nice. we give the money for it. So it's not like there's no sorting or things like that. If that was the case, uh, it would be an end, end of the thing, but she picks up like 12 garbage bags of cans every week. And wow. so that works out to being like, well, this past week it was like 80, 90 bucks wow. worth wow. of cans. Man. So, you know, it, it adds up, right? Yeah. And it's. And then she does uh, voiceover work. Yeah, she does some voiceover work as well. So, wow. Is this like through Fiverr? Uh, that's one of the things, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That is awesome, man. So now with the with the money that she brings in, do you guys let her see, hey, this is how much you made, and then give give her the option of what do you want to do with it, or how do you guys sort that? How, how, how do you guys go about introducing that? She wants to, or she has um, fostered a lot of uh, animals. That's one of her things. She wants to save a whole bunch of animals. So she you know, rescued like an elephant and uh, a whole bunch of different animals that off the top of my head. So that's, that's one thing. It, it, it's bizarre um, because as a six year old, she doesn't have quite reached the level of knowing like money yet. Um, and so, and, and because it's a, it's a reasonable sum of money for anyone right. that is below the age of, I don't know, 18. Yeah, 18, yeah. call it 18, yeah. sure. It, it's so, we, we're trying to wrap things around about how much money she did make in the particular month. Like, hey, you know, you could buy uh, three tickets to this water park or okay. you know, like like just you put something in relation some kind of to so she can understand. Right. Yeah, because money is uh, irrelevant to her. Like, she, right. you know. Like you could buy twenty thousand of these five cent candies, like right. you know, like what twenty thousand? What the hell does that mean to anyone? Yeah, right? That's right. Um, so it's starting that type of conversation, but it's right now uh, it's there's no saving conversation because she is just saving the majority of it, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, that's the thing about electronic funds as well is you don't really see it. Right. So it doesn't really exist, especially to a six year old. Yeah. Right. When I'm handling all the, the finances and obviously I take my like 70 percent cut. So, uh, <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> Look, you made you made twenty dollars this month, honey. You're going to give me 30 percent time off of what you just we, made. we prefer to call it running protection, but. Uh, <laughs> 
It's a <laughs> rent. <laughs> it's the, it's, you know, it's the same thing. Like when you take food off your kid's plate, you call it the dad tax. Oh yeah. This yeah. is just a different form of the dad that's tax. Right. I'm a firm It's believer. called the VIG. Yes, that's right. The VIG. <laughs> no, but that's golden, man. You, you just, that's. You got my mind going now, man, because I've because I've got two yeah. boys that I could put to work. Easy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Jeez, now my, now my there are, are so starting. many things yeah. out there. Like, I mean, we just scratched the surface on talking the stuff yeah. in the, the podcast. But I'll like, have to go back and listen to you it. can yeah. you can buy you can buy sell stuff. Yeah, you know, and, and like at least the stuff that we were talking about, it was trying to think of things where it wasn't necessarily super time dependent, like. Like the cans, for instance, or whatever. There's no, there's no clock in or clock out. It's not a specific mm-hmm. job. It's right. a, it's like, okay, I'm going to do this now, and then next week maybe I won't do it. Right. It, it facilitates that you're still able to be a flexibility, kid, right? Yeah, correct. Um, you don't want to be doing a job necessarily. Yeah. We we started off uh, pretty early on with the girls. They'd each have three piggy banks, so there was a, a spend, save, and give piggy bank. Mm-hmm. And so whatever they earned would get split in three and it would go into each one. And so their spend one, they could take it any time and, and go to the store and, and buy something. Save is put aside and, and eventually we'd put it into a bank account. And then the give was, well, okay, you give this away to charity, whether it's a soup kitchen or women's shelter or World Wildlife Fund or that sort of thing. And right. so, you know, over time, the give part has slipped a little bit, but the, the girls are still very much spend and save. Like it's, it's split evenly between the two um, because I really want them to get used to putting money aside for the future for bigger items and for those sorts of things. Like a big thing for me is that I'd like them to be able to buy their own car when they turn 16. My wife doesn't understand that. She, she doesn't get it uh, why I would want the kids to have their own car, but I think there's a sense of freedom and personal responsibility that comes with getting your own car when you turn 16 Mm -hmm. that causes you to advance in your adult skills pretty significantly. Like when you have to, when you, when you've got to buy your own gas, when you've got to pay your own insurance and, and deal with the maintenance and all those sorts of things, it's a level of responsibility that really uh, gets them motivated and, and drives them forward. So it's right. Well, I yeah, mean, that's, that's a kind huge of peak into adulthood too. Right. And it's preparing you yeah. for being, if, if you're responsible with the little, then you'll be responsible with much in the future. Yeah. So that's setting them up golden, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And I do yeah, I like the idea. Fun. I like the idea of teaching your, your kids how to make money versus how to be an employee. And I think yes. that, and that overall, that's, that's what I'm, the gist I'm getting from, from what you're teaching them. And how, you get that flexibility when you know how to make money. You're a problem solver. Yeah. Know? There's two different ways to look at it. And you're like, okay. 100%. You know, I, I got this um, $1,000 thing that I want. Okay. How can I get it should be the question that you ask yourself. Right. Yeah. Not, oh, you know, we can't afford this. I have to work, you know, X amount of hours. No. But that's, I think that's very valuable something that people can. Yeah. We're both, we're both business owners and entrepreneurs. So that's right. kind of that's in our, our, right in our wheelhouse. Um, and I always look at budgeting and maybe this is a problem. I always look at budgeting as, you know, when there's constraints in a budget, it's a revenue problem, not a spending problem. Absolutely. Um, I was thinking, well, okay, what can I do to put more, you know, green on the balance sheet rather than getting rid of some of the red? Because quite frankly, you know, I enjoy the red part. Like that's, that's why you do the green part. So <laughs> that's true. Uh, I, 
always drive the kids to figure out ways that they can they can add revenue rather than you know not doing the things that they want to do right <laughs> no, that's, that's really good i chuckle i chuckle because i'm the opposite yeah, I, I i need to have a spending budget instead of of a saving budget like i'm on the opposite end of things like i don't I don't really spend money on anything. I, I guess I don't, I think the reason is that I, uh, other, unfortunately, whatever it is, I actually, frankly, just don't value very much. And so because I don't value very much, then I don't see the need to spend it. Um, whereas if there is something I value, I'll happily do so. But for the most part, most things are not valuable to me. <laughs> so I just don't spend. Um, and uh, I, think, I think that's built up over time. Maybe I, I don't know. What is it? I mean, the money management side of things, we can go on to another topic, yeah. but like it's, it, everything is a series of choices, right? Like you you are giving something up if you're choose to save. Right. 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 You, you're giving, you're giving some, you're, you're giving some fun you or now. something or other. There, there yeah. is some type of, of choice. And by association, the people that save are, are the ones that recognize there is a choice. Mm-hmm. Yes the people that spend are typically the individuals that are not recognizing they are still making the same choice, but they don't notice or realize that they're making that choice. Right. That's good. They're choosing the spend now to have fun now. Right. And they're not realizing that they're spending and they're choosing to, to not have something in the future, not have a vacation later on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm going to drink Starbucks every day this week, but I'm going to forfeit my Disney vacation five years from now. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Man, Absolutely. That's good stuff. Well, look at that. I didn't expect the, the, the interview to turn. This is good, that. man. This but is why I we have these it, conversations. That is awesome, bro. I love it, dude. Yeah, we're, we're stopped. We could talk forever about finances. I'm going to uh, uh, go home and I'm going to kick my kids out the house and I'm going to say, don't come back <laughs> until you've made $100. <laughs> that is the fee to get back in the house. <laughs> and then I'm going to tax you on that. <laughs> Dad tax. Yeah, that's right. 70%. <laughs> I learned that from Graham. Yeah. Graham and Warren said that I have yeah. to collect. You, you can thank the Flawed Dad podcast. <laughs> I hate this. the Flawed right? Dad. Yeah. Matter of fact, go back and listen to episode 43 right now. Yeah, right now. <laughs> no, I, I am going to I am gonna have, because my, my teenagers like listening to podcasts, and so I'm going to have them listen to you guys. episode 43, man. That's yeah, awesome. absolutely. And anybody else yeah. listen, listening here, if, if you want to get your kids on the side hustle right now while it's still summer, and you want to capitalize on that, go ahead and listen to episode 43 of The Flawed Dad, man. Enjoy, yep. enjoy some of that goodness there. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, it's, yeah we uh, appreciate it. Yeah. yeah we, no, we, I mean, part of the thing is, as if we went on that whole tangent for a while, is that we could talk about this stuff for forever. So, oh, yeah. Uh, that's all. We have to curb it back sometimes. Well, 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 I apologize for talking you off. Oh, no, this is good, great. Man. And you know what? Don't mind me if I DM you sometimes, you know, just kind of like, hey, I've got Anytime. this question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think about this, man? You know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, absolutely. We're, we're, that's, that's one of the reasons why we, we do this as well. We love to hear, you know, I'm sure you guys have had it too. Like, it's, it's so rewarding when you get. Uh, messages from people saying yes. like thanks so much for yes. helping me i was going through this stuff like you, yes. you know it makes things that much more worthwhile and it it's does. not not necessarily the reason why anyone does it but right. likes and social uh whatever that is yeah. um 
you know, it helps, right. It, it lifts us up that much more and, and helps us keep going. So, uh, it's, Absolutely. it's those are things that, that warms your heart a little bit. Like, wow, that's cool. You know, Absolutely, just man. we're, we're getting helped out by this, but man, we're helping someone else too. That's neat. That's right, man. It's, it's like a double, it's like, um, uh, the gift that keeps win-win. on giving, man. It's yep. win-win yeah. for sure, man. Cause it's not money that we're doing it for. No, that's for sure. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let's see. But, uh, so aside from that, what do you guys think about the burden, the burden that us as men, as dad care, as dads carry as the leaders of our home, man, uh, we talked about some, some of it, right? Where one of them is we're not taught in school to, to be parents or to be dads. And then secondly, we're not taught in school to manage money. And so as, as the dads and as husbands, that burden falls on us to lead our families, so, so, so to speak, right? And so what do you guys, uh, what's, what's your guys' take on the different burdens that are on us as men? So it's a tough one, I, and I, maybe I'm going to stand out and say something that's not going to be that popular. Um, I, I think it's, it's particularly challenging because in today's day and age, as men, we are not, not allowed to have stereotypes or expectations on women, right? In particular, Mm -hmm. but there are still stereotypes and expectations on men. Oh, right. So in terms of I, what was the interview I saw the other day? It was um, the guy who he plays, uh, he's in the Marvel universe and he was being interviewed by, by somebody and uh, they were joking around. Captain America, was it? The guy that plays Captain uh, America or... Not the guy who not not Chris Evans who plays Captain America, but the guy who plays his his the Falcon or whatever it is. Oh, okay. Um, oh yeah. And he's being interviewed, and he says um, the it's a female interviewer, and she she was asking him something about women's role, and and he said, well, you know, make him a sandwich, and she was super offended, oh, yes. and and I he's know, like, well, hold on, you know, if if I if somebody gets up in your face. You expect me to, and, and she said, stand up for me and, and knock the guy out. He said, and we go out for a dinner, and uh, there's an expectation, and I want to go Dutch. And, and she's like, hell no, We're, you're, you're buying dinner. And if I don't open, if we get to the car and I don't open the door for you, it's like, no, you're, you're the man. You open the door for me. And it's like, okay, so make me the damn sandwich. And not that I would ever say that to my wife right ever but the idea behind we have already established she served in the military Um, it's just the there are expectations of men to play specific roles from a, a providing perspective from a protection perspective from a you know that that they have to they have to fulfill this masculine entity in in the household yet they were also now expected to be emotional mm-hmm. um Caring, you know they the uh, connected with their daughters to to you know they're expected to to play both both sides of it when we are we were never trained to do that right and, and so that really it can be really challenging for most men to try and and live up to the expectations that society puts on us to be providers those sorts of things uh while also being the loving, ever-present, um, comforting, emotionally uh, connected father that that we're supposed to be to raise 
good kids in today's day and age. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, there was a guy, uh, I was looking at another thing. He was giving a, a sermon in Chicago and he was talking about, uh, if a man is, is sitting around at home, he's not doing his job because he's not providing. But if he's out providing, he's, he's not, not at home. home doing his job as a father. Yes. And it's, it's this constant uh, trying to live two entirely different worlds at the same, same time, time as a father that really makes men crack yes. and, and just feel like they're failing in both directions. And that's, that's the problem right now is, is these two different desired fathers trying to interconnect. And it just, it's really difficult to do. And, and all that on top of you, when you, you go to open up a door for someone, they're like, I don't need you to open the door for me. Misogynistic. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. It's a lot. No, I, Bro, I, brother, yeah. all I, I heard all that and I'm like, that is not unpopular to me whatsoever. It may be to maybe uh, some females that may listen to our podcast or that may listen to this. Yeah, when my wife listens to this, she's going <laughs> to tan my hide. But, <laughs> but uh, a lot of men, it's uh, thank you, you know, well, for yeah. saying a lot of that because I don't think, it's, it's, it's real, man. It's true. I don't think it should be taken out. Now, it may have come across maybe a bit more aggressive or, or that's my speaking style. Yeah, that, but <laughs> that's my speaking I think style. you also look at it from anyone. If, if there are females out there, they're like, well, hold the phone here. Warren. Like I'm going to go, you know, absolutely uh, troll the shit out of you and, and uh, like go for, no, it's listen to the words though. It's, these are just, these are just feelings. It doesn't mean that as, as men, we're not going to try right or, or not do it it's just like these are it, some t- like there are always there are always challenges there's always another side to things there's always other things like mm-hmm. I, I know i spoke about this uh on another podcast a while ago about you know back in the day um the women always stayed at home right and and maybe maybe that's still overarching the the, the uh, majority but uh, women had to stay at home, right? And so then it was like a right to work and type thing. Okay, well, but the opposite is true as well. Uh, men had to work, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so both sides had no choices in the matter, right? Men had to work, females had to stay at home for the kids. And there could very well have been a situation where the women, the women wanted to work and the guys didn't, but there was no choice for either side, right? So it wasn't like, you know, woe is me just for the females. It also could very well be woe is me for the guys too. Right. Now, as we know about children raising though, like it I'd is, be working. it's you're working all the time. If you like, <laughs> if you ever left the home with the kids without a, a second partner around, oh, like it is a tall task. Like you're exhausted by the end of it. So it, it's not defeating any of the work inside of thing, but it's, it's a nonstop event, right? Mm-hmm. The work stops at, five o'clock typically, but kids don't tend to clock out as well. <laughs> so, they work yeah. overtime. Not without some Benadryl. <laughs> yeah. What is it? The, the blue milk? Milk mixed with a NyQuil? Yeah, blue oh. milk. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, but that's that's absolutely right, man. You know, and that's that's uh, bringing the balance to the to the to the world that we're living in now, right? I, I believe that that's that that's something that is a much needed conversation that men would like to hear. You know, that men would like to be a part of, actually. Um, and I've had this same conversation with a lot of different guys on man just being able to speak to guys and somebody venting to me another brother venting to me about man i've 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 got to do this i've got to be able to provide i've got to there's a lot that's riding on this and then the the wife is 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 acting this sort of way and then the kids acting crazy and i get home and everything's chaotic and i'm expected after after running around and dealing with with wheeling and dealing at work with the coworkers at work with the boss at work and then the traffic at work right or getting from work to back home and then coming back home just to be met with an unhappy an unhappy mom that is completely fed up because the kids are in summer school and they've been driving her up the wall and all I want is yeah. just 30 minutes to sit down uh-huh. kick my feet up have a cup of coffee maybe even just deep compartmentalize and vegetate on and social media and yeah, yeah. And just decompress and just relax just for a minute before you turn me on to my second job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's where I think it's one of those things. Again, we, we talked about um, uh, uh, therapy yeah. or, or just having the conversation. It depends on the relationships that you have, but it seems as though like th- this type of stuff, right. Like if if it comes across with just like this is how I'm feeling, and you talk to your wife about that, like in that tone, not like, hey, listen, I just want to have thirty minutes to myself. But then you come across as a selfish person. But if you're saying like, listen, this is the type of stuff that I'm going through, right? Right. And then she probably will have the same answer, like this is all the that I've been going through. Then we're both like, all right, well, like, can we both just take thirty minutes? Let's put the TV on or something like that. Let's all. Just chillax and let's like. I think that's the other thing that that we as guys, yeah, we as guys don't do, and that's actually share like what we're thinking and what we're feeling. It's like, like okay, whatever it is, and then then everyone's uptown happy, right? Whereas if you just have a more open policy of being able to actually say like. I was a camp counselor a long time ago, and I know that the, one of the big things that we're talking about was like using the eyes, right? I feel like this is the, how I, f- I feel this way rather than saying mm-hmm. like, you, you do this, you do that. Like that's accusatory, but it's right. like, I feel that I come home from work. Like I had a day, like I just kind of want to relax for a little bit. Right. And, and then the other person hopefully will have that type of conversation. Now, a lot of guys, though, will probably say, I want to sit down for half an hour, and it's probably like three hours, right? So that's the other side. Right? <laughs> it's like, it meant to be three, 30 minutes. I just but want it's... to sleep for 30, 30 days. Yeah. So well, it, it, it had gotten this exact this exact thing had gotten so challenging in, in my house, and uh, my wife and I were going through some real struggles after, after my daughter with her um, – suicidal uh, episodes, that sort of thing that we came up with. uh, I would text her when I was coming into our community, like when I'd be five, 10 minutes away and the girls would each go down to their rooms to play on their own for 15 minutes. So when I came in the door, because what was happening is every day I would get in the door and my wife and the kids would be at each other. 
and I'd immediately be thrown into conflict and having to separate them and deal with it. And, and my <laughs> blood pressure would shoot through the roof and the rest of the night was shot. So instead I'd come in, uh, spend a couple minutes with, with Rachel chatting, seeing what the, what's happened for the day, that sort of thing. And then I would go down to each of their rooms and say hi to each one individually. And it totally got rid of that conflict on entry sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it, it put the fires out completely. It was one of the best things we've ever done. Wow. That's good. I just started going in the back door of my house. <laughs> I'm going to sneak in. Through the back door, straight to the bathroom. Yeah. I'm kidding, I just I'm want kidding. 10, 30 minute sessions yeah. all by myself. Is that right. so much to ask? Yeah. I'm going to just go hang out in the backyard in the hammock and just lay there, man. Just lay there. <laughs> No, but you know what? And a lot of that also has to do with, uh, which is another podcast that thanks to you guys, man, we were able to to put one together, which is the different parenting styles, because you talked about walking into a, you get home from work and you're immediately thrown into a conflict between the wife and the kids, right? And they're, they're one is ticking the other one off because of this and one's giving lip and then the other one's want, wanting respect and not getting the respect that they... And it's like me as a, me, I've me and my wife have gotten into it, man, because of these things where I'll come into a situation. I literally just got home from doing something else. I haven't been home the whole time. I have no idea how the kids have been acting, but I come home and I see how she's reacting and I'm calling her out on it where I'm like, hey, uh, you know what? Um, and I'll step into the to the discussion and she's looking at me like, oh, so you're going to take sides? And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not that I'm taking sides. It's just that if the if the situation was flipped around and you saw me react in a certain way, you would definitely say something. So uh, as a parent, I'm definitely saying something. <laughs> and then now the eye beams shifted from the kid to me. And it's like, and it's like you're dead. You know, <laughs> like, like, we're about to talk about this right now. And I'm Target like, acquired. oh. And I'm like, you know what? Fine, let's go. You know, it's, it's like Royal Rumble in my house, man. There's been situations like that. Misdirected energy. Misdirected yeah. or misdirected energy or just ha- just simply just understanding she's this way. They've gotten to her where she's reacting like this. And I need to see, get the story, get the backstory before I just dive in and try to come to the rescue because it may be, it may be taken the wrong way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. It's, uh, yeah, every, there's always another side. That's the thing, you know, I, I have yet to play the game, but it'd be it, certainly a game that I'm interested in playing is that, like, I wonder what that person's day, what, what's happened to that person's day just before now type of stuff. Like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you have no idea the, the, Maybe they just got fired or like whatever. Like there are so many situations where you, you, you change your, your perception of something or other entirely. If it's like, Oh man, like you just had to put your dog down. Yeah. Uh, and like, yeah, I can understand why you're pretty on edge at this point in time. Like you, you change to empathy. Totally. Empathy. If you that's what I was know what goes on. So it's all about you know? the empathy a little bit. Show a little bit of empathy when you come home and vice versa. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. And it sounds so. That's a, that's a, what we always talk about too. It sounds so easy when we talk about this stuff, mm-hmm. right? 
right? Like, like when we're in a done. calm state, we're talking to two other friends, you know, like it, it's, it's easy until you're like into in the, the fire, moment. then yeah. like all the stuff just disappears. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has a plan. So they get punched in the face. Uh, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's, we talked about this for an hour. Hold on guys. Let's all just listen to this podcast. for an hour. <laughs> then, we can figure this out. then we could come back and revisit. We need, this, yeah, we need so. timestamps here. Yeah. Oh man. No, but that's absolutely right, man. It, Practicing empathy, from what I realized, it's helped me a lot. It's helped me uh, be more balanced in in the heat of the moment of the situation, right? I've been, I've always been the short-tempered one, and my short temper has gotten me into a lot of a lot of trouble in the past. And so, being an adult, it, I had to come to the reality of, man, if I continue to give in to my emotions, or if I continue being a man that's led by their emotions, then I am going to create young men that are led by their emotions. Do I really want to duplicate who I am? And I, and I had to have that real uh, sober moment where I'm like, no, man, I would hate to have someone be just like me as far as my the, how emotional I, I can be. And, um, and that's when I began to work on myself and in working on myself, I'm able to recognize things within my kids, within my boys and call them out on it. Not in a way of, Hey, don't do this, but in a way of, Hey, I've been there and I've been down that road. You really don't want to begin just giving into your emotions. Whenever somebody gets you upset, you want to be balanced. You want to just practice a little bit of empathy. That's what's helped me. Long story short, that's what's helped me, man, is practicing them. Yeah, I totally agree. We So Graham and I met each other in a fraternity in uh, university, and there was this thing that we got uh, taught when we're going through um, becoming a member of the fraternity, and it's, it's a poem about acting versus reacting mm. and how you need to, throughout your life, focus on acting to follow the morals and ethics that you have versus reacting to the world around you. And it's, it's something that has always stuck with me and I have failed miserably at, (laughs) but it has stuck with me. Uh, And if, if more of us could act rather than react, uh, the world would be a much, much better place. Yeah. It's interesting too. One of the other reasons why back to why we started a podcast, et cetera, too. Um, what we've found at least a lot of the times listening to other parenting podcasts uh, was that the way that they would, they would talk to me or whoever the uh, listeners are, et cetera, would be very much like uh, this is the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. And I am the expert. And, and it's like, this is my way or the highway type stuff, like a very um, top Preaching. down Right. Uh, almost, yeah. Preachy Warren said in the background, really heard that sort of, yeah, that, that preachy sort of uh, approach. And um, I think there are moments where maybe we sound maybe a little preachy, as I suppose, but what we try to avoid is doing that and sort of saying from like, these are our experiences and like, here are some other data to support it, et cetera, is, is trying to challenge that um, there is no one way of doing things. There's always some other perspective. There's always some other thing, but 
you know, overarching, this is sort of what we've seen, et cetera. Uh, One of the first episodes we did was an episode where we, we talked about um, Yuko Munakata's uh, paper on why all parenting advice is wrong. <laughs> and, you know, there's this, there's this meta research um, project that was done that took all this, all these other research projects and amalgamated all the data. And basically it says, that all of the proposed parenting advice that you are given is incorrect the majority of the time because every child requires you to parent in a different manner. Like my three daughters need to be parented completely differently. And so if I try to implement one single parenting model on them, I'm going to fail miserably. They all need different things at different times and they develop differently. And so, you know, the idea of being able to say, Hey, this is the only way it should be done is a farce. And anybody who says it is. An- so that's my opinion. <laughs> There's one of my, one of my favorite parenting books um, is uh, she, she uses this word called the tools in the tool chest, et cetera. And I think that's probably the best, mm-hmm. um, the best thing is right there. There are different tools for different situations, that's et cetera. Right. And, and that's what I is really struck home to me is it's not like, Oh yeah, you need to parent this exact way all the time. It's more like, well, you know, maybe you, you want to have this in your bag of tricks to a degree, your your tool bag, as it were, um, for this particular situation, et cetera. It's uh, this parenting thing is hard. Yeah, like ugh. right. God, who who would have thought humans are this complex? It's frustrating, <laughs> and, uh, especially with dealing with such imperfect individuals like ourselves, and trying to, you know, the the goal is to try to get our our offspring to be also ultimately like, like a better versions of ourselves, ourselves. ideally type perfect right. etc and it's it's hard it's hard when you know making a copy of yourself is not the best That's things right. at times so and i and I, <laughs> I really i really love you guys the name of you guys podcast the flawed dad podcast because i mean in reality when when you when you realize that you're flawed and you don't have it all together that opens up um, ways for you to change and ways, ways for you to embed yourself. When you feel like you got it all going on, there's nothing else for you to learn. It's this, this, and that, and this is the way it's going to be, and nothing can change. And, you know, you can continue pumping out these uh, these kids that all have all these ticks and stuff <laughs> because you refuse to uh, adapt and uh, and learn <laughs> from your mistakes. And and, and yep. Flawed Dad is just, it's it's perfect. It's 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 just the the perfect name for dads out there who are who realize that they're they don't have it all together, but they want to have it all together. Not for the sake of themselves, but for the sake of the person that they that's going to be walking around in the streets, or yeah, the person that's going to be. You, do you want the kid that's going to be flipping people off? In in the parking lot, or or do you want the one that's helping old ladies cross the street? You know, so it's. It, it's so I, I love the name and I remember the first time I heard it, I was like that's a that's a really good name for a podcast I mean, especially for <laughs> men who are looking for um, valid not validation but men to know that they're not alone in their imperfection as a father yeah it's just so dad's good. trying to be perfect parents right yeah, exactly <laughs> um, I I wanted I wanted to ask. Do you guys ever do you ever have a conversation with your kids about what your responsibility as a parent uh, 
is like, I, I constantly find myself having this conversation with them about like my job as a parent is to ensure that you understand morals, ethics, and become better global citizens. Yep. Right. And, and try and, I mean, they're between 10 and six. So I use a lot of big words just so they're confused and they just look at me in awe. Um, Daddy's so smart. I, I try and, yeah, I try and break it down to them so that they understand why I say and do the things that I do. Um, I'm just wondering if that's just me who does that, or do you, do you explain what your responsibility is as a parent to your kids, particularly now that they're older, like older teenagers? Oh yeah, I definitely do. Um, I primarily tell my oldest son, I said, it's my responsibility to make sure that you are fully prepared for life when you leave my house to the best of my ability. Cause there's no way that I can 100% prepare him. But like you said, um, morally, I, my, the thing that I try to, you know, really drive into my, my oldest son's mind is to do the right thing when no one's looking, always do the right thing because that's really going to determine who you are, not your reputation, but your actual character Reputation is what people know you. Character is who you actually are. So I want you to be a great person, truly and deeply, and have morals and values that you stick to. And also have some tools, like you said, uh, in, on, your, on your waistband to use in different areas of life. I don't want to send you out into the world unprepared because then I feel as if I let you down as a teacher. That's the same way as like a a math teacher letting a student graduate and, and, and doesn't know, you know, what's two plus two, you know, at least the basics. And so that's my job. And that's what I try to push to my son. So I, I guess in my way, I, what I find myself using a lot is um, saying, this is what a man does mm-hmm. in just talking and just having conversation uh, with either my my teenagers or my preteens, and especially my boys, I'll say, "This is what men do. We this, and this is what men don't do." You know, and at the same time, I'll drive home, similar to what Reg said, which is, "Hey, something that has to do with with who you are, what kind of character you have, is whether you're gonna lie to lie straight to my face." And expect me to believe that lie. It's like, dude, I know you're freaking lying, bro. <laughs> like, there, there's been times that my, I've caught my son, and he's gotten a lot better, man. He's gotten, he's since gotten last better year, with lying. <laughs> he has gotten a lot better with admitting, yeah, you're right. You know, like, my 16-year-old, bro, I love this kid. I love all three of them. But I'm having a lot of fun with my 16 year old because of because of the stage that he's in where he's learning and Mm -hmm. i'm and and i'm trying to trying to trying to cut him off as far as he thinks that he's he's sneaky and i'm like no 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 (laughs) hold on that ain't that ain't stupid and i'm not that old all right so I'll, i'll be able to figure him out and i'm like did you do this and he's like no and i'm like Bro, I know. And he's like, yeah, I did. You know, and it'll be where before it'll be a little bit of a struggle. And then I'll follow up with men. Don't do that, bro. Men, yeah. men just own up to it. Yep. They, they man up to what they did. If you made a mistake, then you made a mistake. I'll, I'll, I'll be less, less merciful on you when you try to lead me on. 
in a line rather than if you just fess up and say, yeah, I did do this. It That would make me, that makes me smile a little yep. bit. Where it's like, ah, I, I, I want to get mad, but because you admitted it so quickly, it's like I can't get too mad at you. And the same thing with my daughter. I'll, I'll let her know, hey, this is the way that a man, this is the way that a man does things, okay? And you need to understand this if one day you're going to get married, right? And, and your husband is, is doing something like this. Or if he's not acting like this, then he's not acting like a man. All right. And let me just lay that out for you. And so that's the way that I talk about how what my job is as a parent. I don't necessarily I, I don't think that I've had a conversation of 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 drilling to them because I don't want to come off preachy either to my kids. Like I don't want to preach to them. They they go to church. They have a pastor that let let my pastor preach to them. Let their pastor preach to them. That's not my job. My job is to be dad. My job is to be there right. when you make the mistakes and help you overcome those mistakes and teach you hey this is the same mistake that i made and you don't have to make those same mistakes but when you do i'm here you know and so that's my job that's the only way that i could really think about how i brought it about uh to my kids especially the uh, teenagers and what really helped me was i began to read a lot during covid and uh that 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 really really helped me so that's (laughs) i hope that answered your question man (laughs) no that's awesome that was a good question awesome definitely Yeah. yeah Um, what 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 books were you reading during COVID? Like what stuck out to you? Oh man, uh, Stephen Mansfield uh, wrote a couple of book, good books. Men on Fire uh, that really really helped me. Another one that I read, I forget the author, but I remember the the name of the book is called King Me, and it's a you could see the picture of the cover is a man uh, putting a crown on his young boy that looks like he's six years old. Um, read it. Yeah. And looked that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, King Me was the very first one that I read because I wanted to understand my boys. They were going through, especially my sixteen-year-old was 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 going through some things, um, and it felt like I oh Stephen Farrar. Yep, that's that's his name. Uh, King Me by Steve Farrar. That one was very very uh, inspirational to me as far as my perspective on how to have tough conversations with my boys. And so with my girl, not she's a lot like me. And so we're able to kind of talk on the same level. But because she's a girl, she'll gravitate more towards my wife with, you know, girly things and personal things and kind of look towards me as dad, as like the provider of the example of what a future husband should be or look like. But um, those those are the two books off the top of my head that I could that I that I could remember that were really, really good, that they really helped me with. uh trying to have conversations with my kids and getting them to talk that's awesome because that's one of the hardest things right they yeah. usually they'll they'll just kind of shell up and be in their own world if you leave them be then they won't say a word they won't come out of their room they yeah. won't yeah. you know and so how to get them to talk and have these conversations those books help me that's awesome yeah yeah i, I haven't read a whole bunch of books recently i i guess that's uh Going through a bunch of different areas. So everyone, everyone has their ups and downs of, of time to read, et cetera. But it, it's important to reflect and actually have some time to yourself. And yeah, yeah, pick up some new skills, that sort of thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Reading uh, has definitely uh, has definitely helped me a lot, especially this last season of my life. And you know, I like to look at life as we live in different chapters and seasons. And so this last season started off really, really rough with me. Uh, the beginning of COVID. 
and then it felt like it felt like I was going through things because I needed to go through them and because there was something that I needed to learn about myself and in the end um and I'm still learning I haven't trust me I'm not one of those guys that comes off as I'm a guru listen to me not at all I am the most imperfect person that you could ever meet bro <laughs> I'm still just trying to figure out life man but uh, def- definitely diving into some really, really good books uh, really, really helped me. Uh, an- another one by Stephen Manfield is Manly Men, the book of Mansfield's book of Manly Men. And so that one was the one that kind of set the course for me. That was pretty cool. And uh, and it was entertaining because I'm not a reader, man. I'm a high school dropout. All right. And so I, I, I was not only a high school dropout, but I was a special ed. I was in ESL class because I didn't know how to speak English. And then I, le- I had to learn. It took me third, third grade and fourth grade to learn English. And then ever since then, I was in special education classes. And so I was never the smartest guy, never a big reader at all whatsoever. But you evolved into that, though. Yeah, yeah. Now I've evolved into that. I mean, I've, I've got. He's a- so modest. He has a degree now and everything. He's <laughs> he's so modest. He's evolved. He's he's grown over the years. Uh, by God's grace, man. By God's grace. <laughs> hey, I I had to That's try to awesome. be an example for my kids, man. I had to try to be an example. For yeah, my exactly. Kids. See, exactly. back to that same point, right? That's what we're talking about. Modeling is oh, jeez, these kids like I get we gotta pick up my slack. That's right. Like, oh, what, what so you have a I see at least I saw one flash of a tattoo uh what are your thoughts on tattoos so I'm not crazy about tattoos man because when I got my tattoo um I this this one I actually got in Canada man for my 18th birthday I, I got my my older cousin I rode up to he, he bought me a ticket to come and visit him in uh, uh um in Toronto and he he went he, when I turned eighteen. He's like, "Hey, you could drink over here, man. You get pissed drunk." When I was nineteen, I'm sorry, I, I I turned nineteen, and that's when that that was his gift to me was whatever tattoo that you want to get. And then I got another tattoo in the back, um, and that tattoo was when I was involved with a group of people that I'm not necessarily proud of, but I but I got that tattoo as 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 like an initiation, like an like an insignia. Of, of being part of the this group of people and um right. it's something that's with me for the rest of my life that i'll forever have to explain to my kids whenever they're curious you know and i have had to explain to them and uh so they n- know as far as tattoos go i'm not crazy about them i know that nowadays everybody's into tattoos that's kind of like a yeah. fad right that's like the thing that's in I, I remember when i was a teenager what was in was eyebrow piercings and tongue piercings <laughs> right and so and but now it's yeah. like it's tattoos I'm, I'm i'm not too crazy about them if anything if if i could uh go back in time and and not get any then i wouldn't i wouldn't get any at all yeah not the you? same way i have I have two tattoos. Uh, one I got when I turned 18. It was just like from a guy in the neighborhood. It's just like my initials on my back. And then the other one is Queens, where I'm from. And, um, you know, it, some of them, they, I could see the appeal. They Some art looks pretty awesome. But, you know, overall, I look at them like, ah, eh, you know, it's good for you, but it, not for me. Uh, I'm not a big tattoo guy anymore. Uh, well, I never really was a big tattoo guy, but... I could see the appeal, but not now. Absolutely. I just can't. I mean, I look at, I look at some people that are 
getting up in the ages, right? Up in the years there, and, and they have, like, that big tattoos and things. You're like, that doesn't look good. You know, like, it's, it's, a, young, it's a young person's thing, right? Like, you, like you look awful, right? Like, you, <laughs> you look awful. <laughs> They're putting on them. You don't look hard anymore. You just look off. They're putting them all in their neck and their faces now. Like, that's like, a new thing. Yeah. Well, imagine how yeah. these guys are going to look in their seventies, you know, or yeah. girls for that matter, you know, that have full legs and full arm sleeves, and yeah. it's like, imagine what they're going to look it's, like at that age. <sighs> it's it's that choice. It's it goes right back to that thing about like money saver, whatever it is, right? Like you don't the, the immediate thing. You don't realize that you're making a choice of of what you're going to be perceived as, as you're trying to get a job down the road or whatever it is. Like not everyone's going to be a YouTube superstar right. uh, to be able to just make crush it there. Like, yeah. you know, there's some other things to do. Yeah. Oh, no, that's right. Uh, it's, it's weird. You know what? And, and it's interesting that you bring that up and I hope my, my, my teens end up listening to this because it's, it's not, they're not hearing it from me. They're hearing it from you guys, which is, golden to me because i don't want to be the one what do you need us to say <laughs> yeah. we should have, we should have talked about this before we started right. yeah. <laughs> because this is a conversation that to them you know would would be good we haven't actually talked about this we haven't talked about tattoos i've i've spoken about just in conversation my disdain for tattoos and what i think about it but i never asked them and i know that as teenagers that they want to they they had that fantasy of getting mm-hmm. their favorite tattoo what what it would look like yeah. and where would it go you know and so what i've I'm, I'm starting this early uh i have one tattoo but um it's a canadian maple leaf it's the only thing that i thought ah, that's okay the older i get you know it's, it's not something that I, I thought about that when i was 18 like okay if i get old i have a canadian maple leaf probably not the end of the world type stuff um what i've told my daughters hey anytime well one we we talk, we use, uh, we use the word body pictures instead oh, nice. of uh, like, cause kids, cause kids love those things that like you stick them on. They're, right. They're yeah. Called temporary tattoos. You put the water on there. There, we don't call those temporary tattoos. We call them body pictures nice. instead um, to try and like avoid the yeah. taboo and the coolness of the, the name tattoo. Right. And then Smart. the other thing that I've, I've started to tell her straight away, and this uh, it's a long game is I say like, anytime, if you want to get a tattoo, we will pay for one of those long, like week long, two week long temporary tattoos. Yeah. Anytime you want one, we will pay for those right now. Don't get a permanent tattoo. Like we'll just keep paying it. You can add it again and add it again mm-hmm. and add it again every two weeks. Like not a problem. It's like, we'll, we'll keep doing that. We'll keep paying it forever. As long as you want, like just don't get a permanent tattoo. That's interesting. And I think that that's one thing that's, that might be worthwhile, right? Like just try it out two weeks, like see what it's like. And I bet you after two weeks, you won't even realize it's there. Right. Like, <laughs> right. People forget about it. Yeah, that's right. I got shirts that I used to think were cool. And now I don't want to wear them anymore. Like, what was right. I thinking when I wore this T-shirt? Right. And that's one of the things that you run into with a tattoo. And which... now this tattoo's on you. Like, oh, okay. Well, I'm never actually. Gonna... That's 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 a really good idea. Save save those things. Like back, like eighteen year old. Now it's you know maybe a little like, but save something that they thought was super cool at eighteen, yeah. right? And, and then they're nineteen. You're like, hey, 
Wear this. You thought that was wicked a year ago, and, and now you don't. Like, what do you think that this tattoo is going to be the same thing? Like, right. get yourself good. out of your, out of your way. That's right. Goodness gracious. No, because I mean, and and I look at this tattoo sometimes, and I and I'm like, oh, this thing is getting uglier as time passes. Is that a turkey <laughs> stretching? Is that a turkey? It, it, what is it that? was a dragon. Now it looks like a little baby serpent. It's an earthworm with a mustache. It was, it's, so ugly. it's all faded. It's he, almost, he almost spit his water out. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. And it's one of those things that it's like, I thought this was so cool at 19. Oh, yeah, let me get a cross with a dragon wrapped around it, ripping out of the skin, you know? And it's like, I used to want a panther. Like no, it looks like a little gecko lizard just hanging out. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Ernie's earthworm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Ernie's earthworm. I like it. Uh, earth, earthworm urn. That's what I got on my arm. <laughs> oh, man. That's hilarious. Uh, well, guys, we are coming up on, on an hour and a half, man. And so is there anything else, is there anything else that you, you guys would like to cover? No, I think we've... I think yeah, we've run, run, uh, we can always keep talking, but uh, yeah, yeah, we... I think it's good. We've talked enough. We, I don't. I don't want a soapbox anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it Your has, kids have a lot to think about, of course, because yeah. I know they're going to listen to it. So you know, we want to we want to temper it uh, right. a little bit. <laughs> I, I have I have one final question for you guys. Since you guys, uh, you know, you guys are the Flawed Dad Podcast. In a situation where a guy comes up to you and he's just completely flustered, he's red in the face, and he's like. I just need one piece of advice. The the best advice you have for a dad. What can you give me? Just one thing. This too shall pass. Hey. That's that's it. That's the that's the best one. Uh I constantly remind myself of that that everything is a stage and it's going to change. Mm. Right. No matter how the situation seems right now, it, at you know you're at the end of your rope. This too shall pass. Yeah, I like it. That's that's Warren's big one for sure. I know for me, one of the things that Warren and I constantly talk about is reacting um, and thinking. Everyone has sort of a, a time period where they maybe wish they could go back and do over or something or other. Like yeah. oh, I overreacted there, I did something wrong, et cetera. Right? Like, and there's situations where it's it's difficult not to get angry. A glass smashes after you told the kids not to put it on the ledge, right? And then they put it there anyways, and the glass smashes. And so you're so annoyed because you told them to do that already. Mm-hmm. Now you're having to clean up glass. You tell them not to walk anywhere. Like you, you know, you just at a peak anger uh, in that moment. Um, and one thing that has really helped me, um, get through, I'm not particularly an angry individual, but everyone has those moments is I've, I've tried to think of a way to not react as uh, is reacting, uh, at a high level doesn't do any good really. Like nobody, nobody benefits from it. And so the one thing that I've said to myself is, um, do you have a time machine? Mm. 
right? That's a question I ask myself. So, I, I, and it's adapted from a couple books. Like there's uh, the Jocko Wolnick, who's a, a oh, Marine. Jocko, yeah, I think. right? Yeah, he's so he has man. he has a whole paragraph where he's talking about good, In right? Extreme and that's ownership. his thing. Whether you've read that read that part or not, where he talked like. Uh, whatever it is, is looking at the bright side of things like, Oh, this is, this is, this is a good thing uh, because X. Um, and we did a thing on the Danish way of parenting. Uh, it's another book. And the way that they think is very much that way too. Oh, it's raining outside. Uh, at least I'm not on vacation. Right. They, they try and look at the bright side of everything, um, which is great. I found it kind of tiring to a degree to think like in that moment with the glass smashing, right. I still, cannot really think of a good situation that that exists of, of like, Oh, fantastic. So there are moments where I feel like, okay, well now I have to like strain to try and think of some good thing. So I adapted it moderately to say like, do you have a time machine? Mm-hmm. Right. And I, whether you do it, I don't, unfortunately, <laughs> man, I wish I did, yeah, um, but we don't. So the glass is already smashed. The, I'm like, Right. But there's nothing I can do about it at this point in time. Right. right. I, I can't get angry about that. Unfortunately, I wish I could. I am angry about it, but I can't do anything about it. So the only thing I can do is try and reinforce for it not to happen again. And how do I do that? I have to say it in a calm way. This is the reason why we do that, et cetera. And so it, for me, it's a reset. Do you have a time machine? No. I really want one of those, but no, I don't. Okay. Let's just keep moving. So right. uh, that's mine. That's awesome. Uh, and, and when you, when you said uh, this two shot pass, it made me think of, um, uh, I don't remember where I saw it. It may have been TikTok, It may have been Instagram. I don't know, but it said with your children, there is a time where you pick them up for the last time, but you don't know when that time is. And it yeah. made me think, and I'm just like, man, it made me really think about like cherishing the moments with my kids and not being overly critical because that's something that I had to learn with my oldest son. You know, I was 16. I had zero patience. You know, I would react. Like you said, you overreact. It doesn't help anybody. And early on, when you don't know how to be a parent and you don't have that patience and you, you know, you, that's something that I was guilty of was, you know, really overreacting to situations that I just didn't necessarily have to. And so this too shall pass. It, it really helps me to kind of realize, you know, they're kids. They're yeah. going to make mistakes. I did it. Everyone else who was a child did it. And not to be so we still do it as adults and we still do it as adults. Yeah, that's right. Right. So to extend that grace to my children is something yeah. that, um, that I had to learn and over yourself. time and to my, exactly, exactly. But yeah. that was awesome. Thank you for that. That and, was, um, and I really like the, uh, do <laughs> you have a time machine because you're right. I, right. And I have been guilty of the knee jerk reaction mm-hmm. moment. Right. And, uh, even in my professional life as, you know, as an employee where if things can be frustrating and I've seen the knee jerk reaction in other men and thank God that I haven't been the one, yeah. but I see that and I'm like, man, that's ugly. And then yeah. sure. I won't do it at work, but then I'll, I'll do it at home or I'll do it with other yeah. friends. 
I'll, I'll do it with other relationships where it's like something will rub me the wrong way and I'll just uh, just react. And it's like, well, hold on, man. Was was that really called for? Why, yeah. why the knee-jerk reaction? Mm-hmm. And so do you have a time machine? That's good stuff, Graham. Thanks, yep. you guys. <laughs> the oh, it's guy. a pleasure. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having us on again. We really, really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank absolutely. you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And do you uh, have – I'd like to put a plug out there for anywhere else that uh, folks can find you. Thank you. I mean, it's the easiest way is just we have a website, uh, flawedad.com, right? If you, anyone knows how to spell flawed dad, it's F L A W E D dad.com. I'm not going to spell dad. I'm going to assume that people know how to spell that. Now, is that dad with a B? <laughs> That's right. There's a silent Z in there, uh, silent H. Or Z, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, Flawed Dad Podcast on socials and uh, hello at uh, flawdad.com is an email address for us. Yeah. Awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. Thank you guys for the time. Thank you for the conversation. Absolutely. Very, very good, thought provoking uh, conversations that we had, man. And I really appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Absolute pleasure. It was wonderful. Thank you. Yes, sir. With that being said, uh, KTB out. Later. If you like what you just heard and you want to support the podcast, consider becoming a patron. Head on over to patreon.com backslash the KTB podcast and become a patron today. All of your support will go to improving the viewing and listening experience. Thank you for your support. It is much appreciated.